reached the final day here in Qatar. Lyle is smiling. <laughs> I'm in the moment of reflection, I think, of what happened last night. How you doing, mate? Don't take me home. Please don't take me home. I just don't want to go to work. That's how I'm feeling at the moment, mate. That's how I'm feeling. It's, uh, it's been a surreal 10 days and um, a little bit sad right at the end of it. It's been a, a great time, mate. I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, sure, we could have played better on the field in terms of Wales I'm talking about. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've been blessed to watch a lot of good games, a lot of good teams. Been to some good stadiums and, yeah, I mean, you can't ask for more, really, um, as a fan anyway. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It's one of those where I think it's exceeded expectations by a country mile for this tournament. Really has. Let's go into the Pulse Motor Men of last night. <laughs> the Battle of Britain. Yeah. Your cup final. It's our cup final. <laughs> it's an interesting game, isn't it? So I think there's a lot of hype in the build-up. Um, I think the media, I think, were making more of it than I think they needed to. Because I think really, um, I think as an England fan, I was a bit more relaxed going into this game than I would normally be. Um, but I think the pressure was off us a little bit um, in this game because obviously... I think for Wales, it was always going to be a massive mountain to climb with results going their way. So um, I knew that it was going to be a tough game for Wales to go and get three points because they'd have to come out and, and, and really play at us. Um, and ultimately, I think it was a game of two halves. I think the first half was very cagey, um, a bit cat and mouse. I don't think England played very well. I thought Wales were actually very good in the first half. I thought good defensively, frustrated England, and then some nice counter-attacks. Um, and then second half, I think England just turned it on. I think that's when the sort mm. of wide quality of players like Rashford and Foden um, really came to the fore. Um, and then I think, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's one of them where, uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you're making your, I'm going to say, World Cup debut as a, as a second keeper on such a big stage. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I think the keeper just melted in the heat. Um, but, you know, it was a good game. I think uh, I, I thought we were going to win 3-1. Um, I thought if we scored first, we'd win. If we scored first, we're in sort of the first sort of 50, 60 minutes. I thought we'd win 3-1. Didn't quite get that one right, but um, yeah, it was, was there or thereabouts. To be fair, I thought we played quite well. That's probably the best we've played this whole tournament. Still not good enough to get a result, but it was probably the best defensively we played. Um, had a few half chances. The first goal, yeah, it's a great goal from Ashford, you know, from the free kick. But I, I still argue that it was never a free kick in the first place. You know, we lose our heads, can see straight away again, Foden. And then the third goal is just a, a Danny yeah. Ward shocker. Isn't I, it? so. I think it's difficult because I think it, it's interesting. So if you imagine you're in the manager's head, you get into half time, nil all, and you think to yourself, okay, we've got a chance here. Let's go out and attack them second half. It's actually the wrong thing to do. Mm, I agree. Well, should have stuck to the game plan. In, and what they should have done is waited to about the 60, 60, 65th minute, kept frustrating England. And then hope that they actually nick the goal off a set piece or something like that. And then it's game on. I just think that Wales were not patient enough. And then I think what they were doing in the first half, which was quite good, was the um, the fullbacks and the wingers were double downing. Um, as in, so, you know, they were giving the, the wingers for the first time this tournament were giving the defenders a lot of defensive cover. Um, and that really frustrated England because obviously England's, I thought Southgate's tactics in the first half were rubbish. Um, I thought he played. A reasonable team. It was right to bring in Foden. It was right to bring in Rashford. A bit of you know fresh air. Um, 
But I think playing three sitters against Wales was frankly suicidal. You know, to play a midfield three of Rice, Bellingham and uh, and Henderson, I, I don't know what he was doing. And um, it, it surprised me. Um, it did surprise me a lot. And I think on a different day, it would have been interesting to see what the reaction would have been if England went 1-0 down. But um, yeah, I think the first half, Wales, you're right, Wales played really well. And I think second half, they just they just retired. I think that's that's what it came down to. Yeah, I think it's been a sort of a, a theme for the whole tournament for us. We just we've just looked tired. I don't think we've turned up at all. You know, we're up for it for that first couple of minutes in the in the first half, but then you just see it. And I think when you lose Bale at half time, you know he's, he's gone off for some reason, whether yeah. it's tactical or it's a personal choice. <laughs> um, it's not a good luck when your your captain goes off the field. So. Um, but I thought some of the players that have had criticism throughout the tournament, like Ramsey, he stepped up yesterday. He played really well. Oh, I thought Joe Allen wasn't bad as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. considering he's not played many games yeah. for, for the Swans this season. So, yeah, he, he stepped up. Um, Ethan Ampadu has probably been the, the player of the tournament for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not many good players we've had. So, he, he worked Keith really hard. tried every game as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, probably not the time or the place to go into what should happen next. But I think if we were to look at this tournament as a whole, Disappointing mm. from a results side of things. Um, I think we could have played a lot better. Uh, probably should have come into the tournament knowing what our best team was. I don't think we did. The USA game is what, obviously, I'm sure you'll reflect on it in a different time, different place. I think the USA game is what killed you, really, because you had 20 minutes, uh, which is when, so probably from 70 minutes to 90 minutes in the USA game, where you actually looked quite decent. Mm. Um you never really, unfortunately, drew the game, you didn't win it. You didn't carry that momentum forward um, into the Iran game. I think Iran killed us. Yeah. That was the game. I think last night, you know, it had the potential to be a huge game. Mm. But um, I think with that defeat against Iran, that really took the wind out of us. And um, yeah, yesterday was all about restoring some pride in the mm. shirt. But I think we did that a little bit. Um, the score, yeah, the scoreboard's not nice. But on the whole, I think. You know, you have to admit the golfing class was huge yesterday. You can just see it. I mean, it's tough. I think Wales are the smallest nation in the tournament. I think besides uh, Qatar, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really count Qatar because they're <laughs> not really a football nation, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, they qualified on a technicality. Let's be honest with you. If they weren't hosting it, they wouldn't be anywhere near it. To be fair, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, we are the smallest football nation yeah. in the World Cup. You know, what? I'm glad that we got a point though. I think it would have been awful had we yeah. left with nothing. So I slightly disagree with you on the Iran game because if you'd got three points against the USA, which is which was possible, right? You go into the Iran game with a little less pressure off your shoulders, um, and then you nick a point in the Iran game, and then you go into the England game. I think, well, hang on, maybe we just need to nick one. I think in tournament football, winning the first game is so important. That's the one thing I would say. You're always going to be on the back foot if you don't win the first game. And I think the Iran game, you just melted under the pressure. I yeah. think I, I, I don't think that it was the fact that you played bad. I think it was just the pressure because obviously you knew you needed to get the three points and it just didn't turn up and it disintegrated in the last you know seven, eight minutes. So it's, it's a difficult one. Tournament football is a pressure cooker. It's an absolute pressure cooker. It's a tough environment, right? It's a... It's, I don't want to say it separates the boys from the men, but it really does. Because it's in those key moments you need players to step up and perform. Mm. The thing is, I've known this for the last four years. I knew what our limit was as a team and you know the coach as well. And I have to pick on them because 
you know, he gets all this praise to get us the World Cup, which he deserves. But, you know, just getting us here isn't enough. Well, I want to compete. You know, I don't want to be here to make up the numbers. Yeah, that's right. And then the mentality we've, we've had and the whole, you know, if you look at the whole the media spin that the FAW have had, it's like, you know, we're really happy to be here and we should be happy with that. It's like, no, like, we're at a World Cup. You're, you're part of 32 other countries. You want to win it, right? It comes down to one word and it's vision, mm. right? And so England's having the same problem with Southgate at the moment where the fans, to be honest with you, don't want him as the manager, right? Yeah. And obviously we're in very different circumstances, but it's similar in a way in the sense that England fans look at the current crop of players and think, hang on, we shouldn't be competing. We should actually be sort of going all the way. And I think the biggest problem you've got with international football as a whole is it's, it's, a, tough and, it's a tough environment to get the best out of your team and to get the best out of your players for a lot of countries because you haven't got the structures around it where you play a certain way kids have played together from a young age. And it's always going to be difficult when you turn up to a tournament with less than seven days <laughs> yeah. preparation time to turn up. But that's not an excuse. I think that is when you need a manager who, like I said, has got a clear vision, says, right, we're playing a certain style of way. These are the players I want. These are the formations, the tactics, blah, blah, blah. And the Wales manager is a nice bloke, but he's just not going to cut the mustard at this level. That's the harsh reality. Yeah. You know, he's a caretaker manager. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he's great with the lads and all of that around the dressing room, but tactically, he's just not on point. No, I was so close, bro. I was so close to getting it right last night. Because I said England 2-0. Mm. And I said that Robert Page would bring on Chris Gunter yeah. in the last minute. He didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do it. I nearly, I nearly called the perfect game. out the window. <laughs> but it's one of those, though. I think, you know, obviously I'm sure it's disappointing for the Welsh fans because obviously they've travelled out here in massive numbers. But it's one of those where I think you've got to come to a tournament. You've got to experience the disappointment, get a taste of it in order to want to come back again. There are very few sides who turn up to their first tournament and, you know, make it all the way through to the quarterfinals or the semifinals. So I think there's got to be a bit of solace in the fact that, you know, it's the first tournament. You've put Wales back on the map in the sense that it's been 64 years. So I don't think it is all negative, but I think going away, I think, you know, your FA has got to ask the hard question saying, well, how do we now make sure that we're at the next three, four, five World Cups and build that consistency? That is what their mandate should be versus saying, well, this is a one-off. We've reached the top of the mountain. Let's climb back down again. I think that is the question. Um, can we do it? We're going to have to wait and see. I think we've got some talent there. There's some youth coming up. It's just sort of being ready to let go of the old guard. And I think it's time to do that now. And the thing is, this, I don't even think you, you had an awful group by the group standards in the World Cup. I mean, it's, it's tough in the sense that you've got USA and Iran who both play football, right? But if you think about it, you look at some of the other groups, you look at the Germany, Japan, Spain, Costa Rica group. Um, you look at groups like France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. So I don't think it's the case that you got the t hard luck of the draw, if that makes sense. Devil's advocate here. Our group's on ranking based. Our group's the hardest group in the World Cup. Yeah, it is. But I don't really, I know it sounds, it sounds difficult. I looked at the USA I, don't, I think they were lucky to scrape. I think they've been lucky to scrape through. Um, I don't think they've got much end product. I actually think Canada is a better outfit than the USA, um, from what I've seen. Iran, all bit helter skelter for me. So I think, yeah, unlucky in terms of the rankings. But I think 
on a different tournament in a different day, you get three points against USA and you probably beat Iran and then the England game's a lottery. And I think sometimes you've just got to have that belief. And yeah. I think that's the problem with the manager. I don't think the manager really instilled the belief in the players. I think he was more of a cheerleader saying, well done, boys, you've made it. Now make everyone proud. And that's all well and good. And, you know, I respect that in the sense that, you know, I respect that in the sense that, yes, that is a nice mentality to have. But you can't have that mentality at the top stage of the World Cup. It just doesn't cut it. Mm. Yeah, I just never got this feeling, you know, back in like Euro 2016 and then the last Euros, I, you could sort of feel there was something happening. Was this one, I just never felt that we got off got off the plane, if you get me. Like, I just, yeah. there was no feeling there of like, yeah, we're on the momentum here. I don't think you're the only nation, though, who suffered from that. I think mm. if you look around, I think a lot of teams are struggling to get out of third gear. I think you can't play a World Cup at this time of the year with seven days, pre I'll keep going back to this, seven days preparation. It's just criminal, really. I think, And I think, you know, it's unlucky because maybe in a different tournament played in July, June, blah, 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 you would have had a bit more luck in the sense that, you know, um, you've had more of a, you know, a, a camp and those sort of things. But anyway, you can't make excuses. This is a once in a lifetime thing. If you can't get up for this, you're never going to get up for anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At the start of the tournament, I said, I'd be proud if Wales put a performance in in all three games to justify us being here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we achieved that. But regardless of all of that, at the end of yesterday's game, the fans stayed behind and clapped the team off. And um, a lot of us stayed at the ground. In life, it's not so much the destination, it's more of a journey to get there, really. It's, yeah. the, uh, it's the ups and the downs. Obviously, for Wales football, there's probably been more downs than ups, <laughs> yeah. you'd say, over, the, over that period of time. Um, but I think once you get a taster of this football, um, international football at the World Cup, it's, you know, I think it breeds that, you know, we want to make sure we're back here again. The one myth, though, I think about the World Cup and about tournament football is that, you know, it's, uh, it's all bed and roses. Unfortunately, being an England fan, I, I've seen nothing but heartbreak in these tournaments. And I think... Yeah, it's coming for you, mate. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I think there is a bit of, not naivety, but there's a misconception that, you know, getting into a World Cup is amazing. And don't get me wrong, it's great to be at the World Cup, yeah. but it can end in some real heartbreak. Oh. And that is, the, that is the hard bit about tournament football. You've been getting a lot of messages, particularly in the last 24 hours, yeah. from people back home. Yeah. Like, what have, what have they been saying to you? The problem with England fans is that Everyone pops out of the woodwork for the World Cups and the Euros, and it does my nothing, right? Because obviously I watch us all the way through, whether it's friendlies, qualifiers. And you're actually here now, Nations right? Nations League, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. And, and what people don't realise is that with England, you can't just turn up to a tournament and think you're going to win. It doesn't work like that. We've been so poor over the last year, and everyone can pack in the pubs and say it's coming home, blah, 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 but... And the reality is we're miles off that. Our manager's not good enough. Uh, we've got players in that team who aren't good enough as well. And I think there's a lot of naivety from England fans at the moment, in my opinion. And I was debating this yesterday with uh, a lot of the England fans pre-match. I said, yes, everyone wants Southgate out. I think he needs to go as well. We need to get someone in who's a better manager. But let's just stop here, right? I'm not being funny, yeah? OK, we had the so-called golden generation, but they did nothing. They didn't even make it past the quarterfinals. Then 2008 Euros, we didn't qualify. 2010 in South Africa was a debacle. It was an embarrassment. 2012 Euros, again, Roy Hodgson, anti-football, 
Same with embarrassment. You know, 2014 World Cup, we didn't even win a game. We went out on one point. Then Iceland Euros 2016. This man has then come in. He's taken us to a semi-final of the World Cup and a final of the Euros at home. Yes, we probably should have won that game. But if that's not progress as an England fan, I don't know what is. <laughs> and there's too many entitled people who have not gone through the trials and the tribulations that I have and obviously a lot of the other England fans have. And all of a sudden think, are we going to go and win the World Cup? It's not going to happen. We're not going to win the World Cup this year. I categorically say we'll be lucky to make it past the quarterfinals. Um, I just think there's a level of delusion amongst the England fans. And it's because they're not the diehard who watch us every game, home and away. And I'm not saying that that makes you a proper fan in terms of you have to go to the games, mm. but at least watch it on the telly. Because you can start to understand, actually, the best manager in England is not in the stadium. He's at Newcastle, Eddie Howe. And the second best manager is at Chelsea. And that's the, that's the golf. Southgate is not a top 10 Premier League manager. In fact, I think he struggles to manage in the Premier League. <laughs> What's waiting you now? So you've got Senegal on the weekend. We've got Senegal, which is going to be fine. We'll get through Senegal. But then after that is when rubber hits the road. And that is where boys need to become men ASAP because we'll end up with France in the quarters by the look of it. And... I'm not being funny. The one thing I would say in our favour is Harry Maguire seems to have his Superman cape on when he plays for England. <laughs> He's rubbish for Manchester United, but he does turn up for England. So I'm a little bit less worried about our defence than I would normally be. Where I think we're going to get murdered is in the midfield. I mean, our midfield was awful yesterday. Henderson. I, I thought Ooh. Ramsey ran ring. I thought. I thought Ramsey rang rings around Henderson and he Rice. He did, yeah, he did. And I think the problem you've got is that Bellingham is trying to, they're trying to play him more advanced. It's not his game. Play Rice as a sitter with Bellingham bombing forward and you put Foden in the 10 position. So, yeah, and then if we were lucky enough to get through France, we then have to try and beat the tiki-taka of Spain who just look unbelievable. So, I mean, just I think, like I said, I think the group stages are the best stages to be at here. I think it will end up in heartbreak later on. Not just from a, like a football perspective, as, you know, in terms of accommodation as well. We're here at the cabins. We've seen <laughs> firsthand how run down this place yeah. is. When we got here, mate, it was flooded the first night. It was, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I've now become a plumber to make sure that our cabins don't, fr don't flood because basically <laughs> you've got to turn the toilet off. Um, otherwise, if you leave the toilet on, it's got like a little hose attached to it. And it just fucking goes everywhere. <laughs> Joke. It was like the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> I can believe it. I've had a shower. I've come out and it's just like watered. It just keeps coming. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was coming from the, the aircon. Yeah. And then it wasn't coming from the aircon. Yeah. And it was coming underneath like the dresser. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it's interesting. Look, going back to the football, I think, yeah. you know, Wales fans will be heartbroken today some of them i mean i've had messages of a couple of mates who are very gutted about the the result yesterday see i don't know why though that's for me when we lost against iran yeah that's when i accepted i was like yeah okay this is not going to be our tournament yeah, yeah. i mean uh, look you it, know so i don't yeah, know why we get yeah, it I don't, yeah, what, but you're like, pragmatic why, why? i mean yeah, as a yeah, football fan it's the hope that kills right yeah. following a football team is irrational right you do not come out there's no rational thinking which brings you out to qatar in december or november whatever it is so following a football club is irrational. I do think for Wales there is more positives than negatives in the oh, big time. In the sense that you can't. I, I, I just keep saying this. How many teams turn up to? A, and I'm sure there's a statistic on this. How many teams turn up to a first World Cup without having been there and make the semi-finals or the quarters? It doesn't really happen. Do you no, know what I mean? it doesn't happen. It no. doesn't happen. I think 
what Wales have got to do, and I keep saying this, is the FAW, forget the PR, blah, blah, blah. They need to pour millions and millions of pounds into their youth academy. And I'm not talking about the top clubs. I'm talking about up and down the country. And they need to say, right, we need to play a certain way. So England did it, right? After 2010, which was a disaster, 2008, we said, right, we're going to build St. George's Park, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get all the kids in. We want them to be able to play a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously, Wales won't have the same funds and all of the same size, but they're going to have money knocking about, right? And, you know, I think they've got to say to, you know, the football you're playing is just not going to cut it at this level, right? You've got one or two players, you know, the Bale Ramseys, the Joe Rodans, blah, 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 who can play a certain way. You're going to have to get that next generation all playing that certain style of football. And that doesn't start here. That starts at under eight, under nine, under 10 level. And I think now that you come to this tournament, you've sort of seen, right, OK, actually, if we do want to progress to the next stages, it's not about having a, rail, a Bale or a Ramsey. Do you know what I mean? And I think even if you had your peak Euro 2016 team, it's not going to fix a lot of those structural problems. If you look at the team we've got, you know, I'm proud as a Swansea fan that, you know, we've produced a lot of them players mm. compared to Cardiff, for yeah. example. I'm not even trying to dig at Cardiff right now, but, you know, a lot of the good players we've got haven't come through our system. They're all from the England clubs, right? Or English clubs. So. Well, that's it. So Wales have got the biggest positive out of all the home nations is in the sense that they play in the English structure, which means effectively you have got the, obviously the opportunity of having your clubs in the Premier League, but then also you, even the championships are good standard. But no, there are more positives than negatives. I think it's a difficult one as a Wales fan because I think you've got to ask yourself, what is it that you want to do as a football nation? And it's a tough question. It's not an easy question, but it comes back to what I said is what is the vision of the manager? and the board and the, you know, the structure. Do you know what I mean? It's a shame you have to learn these lessons at a World Cup. It's always the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As an England fan, I've, I can't tell you the amount of use cases I have of this happening, right? So we learned first, firsthand that, you know, you can't try and cram all your stars into one team, right? We had probably the best generation of footballers turn up at a tournament, right? A golden generation in the 2000s, yeah? We then learned that you can't have a foreigner to, to manage your, uh, to your, your team, right? <laughs> we then, <we've laughs> then learned that actually, hang on, long ball football doesn't work too well in tournaments, right? And uh, it's just, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> and you can't have your wags here, right? Co co correct, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then actually, yeah, you need players who actually like each other as well. It's no good if they yeah. hate each other. I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's, a, it's a fairy tale thinking that you can just turn up here and that, you know, you have this magical... And, and the problem is, structurally, international football doesn't work like that. So I have been the biggest advocate that international football should be played over two windows. You should have a you know, a start of the season and then a mid-season, and then that's it. Two windows, you have two months or six weeks together, and you sort of build the rapport, the camaraderie, you can work on stuff. Whereas the problem with international football at the moment is you play sort of, what, six, seven breaks throughout the season, ad hoc sort of five, six days. How are you going to come together as a team? It's, it's it's hard. Mm. Let's talk about um, the other night, mate. So we arrived here from Sharjah. <laughs> oh, this is the first time I've heard this in Sharjah. So yeah, oh, we're still alive. We are still alive, <laughs> just about. Hey, man. Um, yeah, we <laughs> just about got from Sharjah. We arrived and we went straight to... <laughs> what game did we go to? Um, we went straight to... Uh, 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 oh, the big one. The North London derby. <laughs> South Korea versus Ghana. It's uh, sorry, South Korea versus Ghana. It's time to party. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, at Education City, which was a lovely stadium. We had decent seats. Mm. Unbelievable seats. Top row. Uh, sorry, first row, top tier. 
um, on the long side, just on the corner of the, um, the long side and, and behind the goals. It was unbelievable. Great those, stadium. Those were Cat 3 uh, tickets. They were, yeah. Cat 3 tickets. Great stadium. Um, I thought it was unbelievable the amount of you know, fans in there. I think it was... Um, now, look, the one thing I would say, right, is... If I'm honest with you, I've enjoyed the cultural aspect of being out in Qatar. I've enjoyed seeing a lot of fans from all sorts of different backgrounds. But the one thing has been nice is seeing a lot of young kids in the ground. And we saw that at the South Korea Ghana game where there's lots of kids, you know, young kids of seven, eight, nine, ten, jumping around, having a great time. And I think that's what football's tournament football is about anyway. Oh, the young Qatari kids. Yeah, just loving it, having a great time. And I think that was nice. Yeah, it was nice. The atmosphere was brilliant for that game. That's probably my favourite game of the World Cup for me, personally. Like, okay. going to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not enjoyed any of the Wales games, so... Yeah, you never do when you're nah, teams. But that Ghana-South Korea game was it was a good game to watch yeah, because there was loads of goals. Yeah, end to end. Um, but the atmosphere was electric, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, probably one of my... Yeah, I'd say a highlight for me was that game there. Yeah, it was brilliant. I hear you. Yeah, no, I loved it. What I liked about it is I thought... It was two teams who gave it a go. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think... So what are the games? England, Iran, to be fair. England, Mullard, Iran in the second half. I think, so that was, yeah, okay. You, both the first two Wales games were just ugh, awful to watch, really, because yeah. it was just... You, it's one of those where you could just tell that, to be fair, both sides were just nervous, really. And you just think to yourself, guys, just relax, enjoy yourself. This is the highlight of your career. Then, uh, yeah, that was a brilliant game. Garner, Garner South Korea, that was, that was awesome. Um, I thought... Good. Obviously, it was two 0 up, two two, and then obviously finished uh, finished three two um, for, uh, for for Ghana playing great football. Mm. And then after that, mate, we had uh, well the problem of checking in and out here. Oh, <laughs> carnage, isn't it? It's just they, they, you know they're making it up as they go along, really, with a lot of these sort of fan parks and cabins and all of that stuff. But um, you know, it's just it's, it's crazy. That evening, we went to uh, Lasalle Stadium. This is yeah. your first time there. Unbelievable. You think of it? Unbelievable stadium. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I turned up there. I mean, so, and I was saying it to some lads I met the other day. I said, I've been to a lot of stadiums in Europe and in England, and that has got to be one of the best I've been to in terms of just, it's like a big, it goes up and the atmosphere when it got going was just electric. I, you know, it was reverberating around the ground. It was, um, Oh, it was always awesome. I mean, it was just, yeah, incredible. And obviously, like, uh, I was in the lower tier, just to the left side uh, behind the goal and um, Portugal end. And I was, I was all struck by the ground. Great seats as well. Great. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I saw a lot. I thought it was a rubbish <laughs> game, though. I, yeah. thought, I thought Uruguay <laughs> were, were rubbish. I thought Portugal were bang average as well, really. <laughs> you know what? I've had the worst seats for every game this World Cup. I bought that one for you. That was Cat 2, by the yeah. way. Oh, no, it might have been Cat 3, actually. Yeah, it was Cat 3, I think. The seats we had for the first Wales game were brilliant because we were up, to, up top and you could sort of see everything. Yeah, true. And then I think the seats we had for South Korea Ghana were, were brilliant as well. And then, obviously, the other Wales games, you're behind the goals, or the England game, I was England's oven. That's about the atmosphere, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about the atmosphere. But you had some great seats again, mate. I don't know how you pulled that off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Portugal, Uruguay, <laughs> quite sleeper. A, sleeper. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Sleeper, yeah, it was awful. I thought Uruguay looked finished. Former of their, I mean, shadow of their former glory. I mean, this is a side who mashed us up, bashed us up and spat us out in 2014. <laughs> Ronaldo, though, what do you think of him? He's finished, mate. I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful, right? I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've seen Ronaldo many times. I've seen him before, I've seen him after. Mate, I'm not being funny, yeah? 
what do people want from him? You know, it's like the guy's 36, 37 or whatever. He's done. He's finished. He's still playing unbelievably well for a guy of his age. But, you know, his prime was 10 years ago, seven, eight, eight years ago. And it's like, unfortunately, you've got a lot of the young kids now who don't remember. Like, I remember him when he, look, I'm old enough. I remember when he, look, I remember him when he signed for United, right? Mm -hmm. I, like, because I, I remember him, you know, when Arsenal, we used to go up there, Old Trafford, like little skinny teenagers. We're like, who the hell is this? And then obviously, you know, he developed, they won the three. But I mean, look, the guy's had an unbelievable career. You know, he is, him, Palais, Maradona, and Messi are the, the top four of all time, right? I don't think that's up for debate, really. In the last 50 years, 60 years, um, if you really wanted to, you could throw in like an R9 or always a Dan, but um, whatever. But he's, he's passed his sell by date. And do you know what? It's okay. That happens to everyone. He's prolonged himself. He's had an amazing career. But I just don't understand all the hype around it. <laughs> was it his goal, though? No, it wasn't. That was the funniest <laughs> bit about it, was that everyone's gone nuts uh, because they thought he, he's nicked the header off the um, Bruno Fernandes sort of whipping. And then, actually, it's Fernandes who scored. And they almost started booing Fernandes. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, in and around the ground, everyone's shouting, like, shoo. Yeah. And, um, you know what? <laughs> You know, I didn't actually stay to watch that game, man. I left at halftime. Yeah, he bailed. He'd bailed. He'd had enough. I had enough. You know what, mate? Two games in a day is tough. It's long. It's it is long. tough. I mean, and to be fair, we're not even boozing. I mean, if you throw alcohol into the mix, you'd be absolutely just all over the game. Oh, mate. You know, like I, I bumped into um, uh, an American super fan, Ray Noriega, at halftime. So, right, I've been trying to find him this whole tournament, yeah. and I happened to bump into him in LaSalle Stadium. Course. Brilliant. In Brilliant. the biggest stadium here in Guitar. Like, you can't even write it. And we just ended up talking throughout the whole, you know, break yeah. at halftime. And we decided, you know what, let's just go. Yeah. So we just left and then caught a cab into town. And yeah, so just chatting about what's happened to him. He got detained for an hour wow. in the aisle. So wow. we'll, we'll get into that another time. But yeah, it's, uh, it was awesome to catch up with him. And it's, um, it shows you what the, the power of football can bring, you know. Like you meet someone online, talk to them on a, a few pods and then, yeah. So I, I, I was saying this to these England guys. Um, I think football's the only football's the only thing in life where you can walk into any pub in the world. Someone supports the same team as you, or you've got football in common, and you can chat to them and you become friends. There's not many other things in life where that just happens, if that makes sense. So you know, I could walk into anywhere in the world, see an Arsenal fan or see an England fan, and just start chatting, or any football fan really. Um, and and that's the way it is. Mind you, you were having a go at an Arsenal fan at the what game was that one? Was it Ghana? Um, was it Ghana Korea? Oh yeah, this plastic Arsenal fan was supporting South Korea. What's all that about? <laughs> what, son, no, no, no. And Eddie, I must say, actually, sorry, I've been a little bit disappointed, <laughs> a little bit disappointed with some of the England fans out here. You yeah, know, go a, for lot, it. a lot of the ex, and I'm going to go in here, right? So a lot of these expats, right? They live out in Doha, they live in Dubai. It's easy for them to come in and out, blah blah blah. You know, it's nice. And, you know, a lot of them have been taking the piss, saying, oh, how come, you know, a lot of the fans haven't come out from England and all of this stuff, you know, they're letting the team down, et cetera, et cetera. Not being funny, right? Like, at the end of the day, and I've, you know, there's actually a bit of a divide in the England fan base at the moment out here. So you've got the, the diehards, so that's the England supporters club who go home and away. And then you've just got a lot of these expats who've just jumped on tickets and all of a sudden are thinking that, you know, they're more English than anyone and are giving it large saying, well, how come more fans didn't turn up? You know, to do a 10-day stint out here is about £5,000. I mean, if you are someone from, it doesn't matter where you live in the country, and you earn thirty-five grand a year, that's before tax, 
there's no way you're coming out to Qatar. No. So I think, you know, you just got to be respectful in the sense that, yeah, we've only brought five, 7,000 out or whatever it is, but that's a good following considering oh. the circumstances. And also, you've got to remember a lot of people follow their club sides. So you're following your club sides. Then on top of that, which, you know, if you've got, most people might have a home season ticket somewhere, you throw in coming to this, it's crazy. So I just think it's been very disrespectful. And a lot of them coming into England, they're not singing, just taking videos and all that. As far as I'm concerned, they can all jog on. Yeah, I had that same conversation yesterday. I mean, conversation is probably a light word, but I, I did get annoyed last night with some of our fans. You know, they're just standing there like statues. I was like, look, boys, you've come out here all this way and you've not sung a single song yet. The guy in front of me checking the score in the US, I was like, I was like, come on, boys, forget that game. That's gone. Yeah. Focus on this one. You know, it's just little things like that annoy me. It's disappointing because if you think about it, for every fan, one Welsh fan who's come out here, there's probably a thousand people back home who would snap their oh my god, yeah. hand off just to be out here. Exactly, exactly. Don't mind you taking photos and videos. Look, I do it myself, but you gotta leave. Yeah, you gotta get behind the scenes. It was, it was that time where I think we were like, no, yeah. the game was still there. It's still in the balance, yeah. And then, yeah, just little things like that annoys me. And I think that's what, but that is the, what's it called, the byproduct of the modern fan, I suppose. It is. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I can't stuff. And I think, again, I saw, so, you know, a classic example is, you know, I'd gone to the Radis, I tried to get into the Red Line pre-match, but it was just rammed because there were so many from Wales fans there. That was a, a, you know, unkept secret. But now the new secret is the Radisson Blue. So we turned <laughs> out to the Radisson Blue and um, rolled in there. And I met a couple of English fans just um, who couldn't get in the Red Line. So, righto, boys, come to the Radisson Blue, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay, where's that? Get into the Radisson Blue. And then they said, right, there's the outdoor bar, but it's a minimum 200 Qatari spend, which is £50. And we said, we're not doing that. We just want a couple of pints. So, all right, right, come inside. Go inside. Cube bar, lovely bar, massive sports bar, massive arena-style sports bar, upstairs, downstairs, screens everywhere, massive, you know, 300-foot screens, blah, blah, blah. So, right, sit down. We're getting wasted on hand and foot. We're getting the beers are flowing. It's, 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 it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then... So I met these guys, absolute legends. They go everywhere of England. They live in America, but they do all the tournaments and you know travel a lot of England. Just awesome guys and good round blokes. And so they bought me a couple of beers, which was nice of them. Um, and then as I'm leaving the Radisson Blue, there's a couple of as a guy who's um, part of the England supporters club goes everywhere, home and away. And there are these expat fans who have got a taxi and they've got a spare space. They're going to the ground. He said, "Oh, can I just jump in with you? Because I need to go to the ground." And they're like, "No." And he's like, well, why not? We're all England together, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to be on here by my toilet having to get a taxi by myself to the ground. They're like, no, no, make your own way. <laughs> and I just said to him, oh, mate, I'm going to the, to the ground because I'm at the fan village just jumping with me. And I thought, well, bloody hell. It's just like, what's wrong with some of these people? I can't believe that. You remember when we went to USA? There was an Irish guy and an Aussie guy yeah. uh, from the cabins. Yeah. They, they pretty much asked, well, they pretty much threw themselves in the yeah. car. But you know what? It's sort of like courtesy. You, go, yeah. you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to be out here. I'm, I'm representing my country. The last thing I want is someone to think, oh, Welsh fans are fucking yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, You know? So, like, and if I had that mentality of not helping people, there probably would have been, like, about 20 people that couldn't get into that yeah, Saudi-Argentinian no, no. game. You know? I took the time out to help people it's with their tickets. And it's disappointing. It's sort of like, we're all here together. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't matter what country you support. You know, you want everyone to have a good time. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's pretty poor, mate. That's pretty poor. Yeah, last night though, um, the atmosphere, what do you think of the, of the atmosphere of the ground? I thought it was the best atmosphere England's had. I thought Wales fans from our end were very loud, really loud, um, in the, especially in the first half. I think it's not, 
I don't think it's the most well. I think the England, Iran, so Wales, Iran. You had the most. So Wales, USA. There was way more fans because a lot had just come out for the game and then gone home, or stayed to the um, to the game. But I think because it was a night game, and I think it helped. Ten o'clock. Everyone had sort of understood the drinking by then. A lot of the fans had been drinking all day. I think it really boosted the atmosphere. England, Iran was so flat when I was. I, I just hated that game because it's like there's obviously a lot of the England fans trying to get it going, and a lot of people in the England end just weren't interested um, and then I thought the last Wells game was a little bit flat it's hard though one o'clock in the heat no alcohol <laughs> do you know what I mean blah Gosh. blah blah whereas I think the atmosphere for that game was just bouncing um, I thought it was electric first half um, and then second half I think the England fans went up a notch uh, when they scored the vol uh, goals so yeah best atmosphere from a game I've been to that year that was the first game I went to I'm like yeah this feels like a like an actual World Cup game. Actual World. And, and to an extent, the Portugal versus... Um, sorry, the South Korea the South Korea games, uh, the Portugal-Uruguay game and this game is the first games I've been to. It's like, yeah, this feels like a World Cup. Add a few pints. And I look, it's a British thing, right? I can't help it. I want to go to the football. I want to have a few... <laughs> look, I don't want to cause trouble. But I just want to have a few pints more and then that's just... Uh, that's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I do not think it helped the atmosphere. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't have, you know, after last week and, you know, being sick and that, I didn't have any intention of drinking ever again here. So um, when I had, the, I had the opportunity to go to a pre-match party yesterday. So it started at, well, some people were drinking from 11 o'clock onwards. Yeah, a bit too early I got there from one. Yeah. I was there from one to seven. Um, so you, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should mention this. Oh, I might as well. <laughs> so you buy like a, uh, like a package, right? And you get five drinks, right? So you get these tokens. <laughs> So I've gone through my five, and this is between, well, you know, this is before four o'clock, right? I've gone through my five drinks. And then um, this Welsh fan comes up to me with this book and goes, do you want another five? I thought, okay, how much? He's like, ah, oh, nothing. Didn't bead. I was like, okay, then I'll take it. So I used one. I was like, oh, this is great. And I see him in the corner. He's just giving out these, like, pay, you know, full pages of this booklet. Oldest trick in the book, that. Oh, it's the mate. oldest trick in the book. Mate. And everyone was coming. So this, this hotel has five levels. Everyone was coming to this one level. Yeah. I was thinking, what is it? why is it rampacking it? Everyone was using the same booklet. Yeah. Brilliant. Love that. Oh, mate, it was brilliant. That's a great idea. Oh, that was great so idea. good. Heineken on tap. The guys had it on pre-pool. Brilliant. Shame about the, the game. I have to go back to the game. It was a shame, but the whole... You know, pre-match was awesome. It was the best one I've had so far, this tournament. And um, it was nice, mate. I was able to bump into people I've not seen in years. Some kids I was in primary school with. Wow. When they were year one, I was in year six. Wow. Weird seeing them drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, brilliant, mate. Um, yeah, you just can't beat that. I think that's one thing I think, improvement or in hindsight, I wish they had more of that before, you know, at the games. The whole drinking. It's not the aspect of getting pissed. It's the, so we, we, the whole. We talked about this yesterday. So yeah. I said, look, what they should have done is, as part of your hire card, you get two ticket, two tokens. You can have two beers in the stadium pre-match, and that, that's it. Do you know what I mean? And I think the Qataris will learn a lot about football at this World Cup. And I keep saying this, yeah, and I'm not to be disrespectful to them. You can't just host a World Cup having never hosted football regularly, having sixty thousand people coming to the ground, blah blah blah. It just doesn't work like that. You can't run a smooth operation if you've never done it before. That's life, isn't it? Yeah. And I think they will have learned a lot about football um, and a lot about just major events having uh, having having hosted this. Do you feel that they've sort of eased as the tournament's 
gotten along. So they've had yeah. to. You can't. You can't be that militant if you want to try and get sixty thousand, seventy thousand people into a ground, especially with mobile technology and no paper tickets, or, or you know having no. Sorry, I think the thing which is killing them is doing the hire check. So if it was hire just check, if it's yeah. just a ticket, if it's literally the the bag checks, the bag checks. And the and the and and the are okay because you've got to do that at any ground terrorist threat. It's the right thing to do, but the fact that you've got to get an ID check is just ludicrous. I think because you've got into the country, ain't you? On the higher, you can't get here if you haven't got a one. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's just <laughs> yeah. You haven't got a dodgy Welsh yeah, fan printing yeah. you over the fake AI card, have you? <laughs> so I mean, the, t- the ticket, but I mean, it is what it is, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yes, it was probably the easiest experience I've had yeah. in terms of going through the two see, styles. And... See, they fucked up my England Iran experience, the pricks, because I did not enjoy that game because the hassle getting in the oh. tickets. Not... So I, it, was, it, was, it was only about half time actually, because it was you know we didn't know if we were going to get in. It was stress outside. It was blah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, that's just not it's not on, is it? Nah, no, nah, it does ruin your experience. I mean, but anyway, mate, I think last night made up for you and yeah. more. <laughs> It should do. You should be happy with three, though. No, I am. Look, it, look, <laughs> look, it, it, look, it's a good result. It was a good result. I thought we, we, but again, I just think no disrespect to Wales. A better side. Do they go one nil up in the first half? I don't think Wales capitalised. I think Wales, different day, better side. Look at England in the first half. I thought we were poor for the first 25, 30 minutes. We really were. Hmm. I think Foden had the occasional bit of magic, but apart from that, I just think. So yeah, it was a good result, but I just think we need to be a little bit more from the off. And it worries me when you're coming up. If you're going to come up against France, you can be two nil down in ten minutes. I'm sorry, Mbappe, mm. um, Dembele, Giroud, Griezmann. So I just think, I think with France, you, they're the type of team that you're going to have to score these two or three against to even win, because they've got that. Correct. Like you say, mate, the punch. Like so, England might go ahead one nil, yeah. but they will turn it on. And that's it. So I wasn't. So yeah, we played okay. It was good. Look, we got the business done. But the USA game really upset me. I can't. St- what do they know about football? What do they know about football? <laughs> it's called soccer now, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was disappointing. <laughs> but they've gone through. Yeah, they've gone. They've through. gone through. They got um, the Netherlands next week. Sorry, on the net, they got the Netherlands. I guarantee the Netherlands will beat them because they've been piss poor. I think the Netherlands. Group A have been poor, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Senegal, you should easily go past. We've never lost to an African team in the World Cup. Have you never? No, it's a statistic. How many have you played though? It's a good question. We've played Nigeria, two thousand and two. We've played. You haven't played many. No. (laughs) We've played against Tunisia. Wales hasn't lost to an Africa team either. Yeah, because you've never played them. That's nah, that's why. <laughs> Wee, well done. <laughs> What's your plans then, mate, for your final day? So we've got the Australia game later. I'm meeting up with an Australian gooner mate of mine who's over here. So we're going to go to the pub about two o'clock, go for a couple of beers. I haven't seen him in four years, so um, that'll be quite nice. And then work my way to the game. And then, uh, yeah, it's home tomorrow. And on the uh, ten or midday flight back to London. Yeah, I'm off to see... Uh, I'll see the Yank. Nice. He'd be happy. Uh, I'm going to see him at the souk. Do some shopping. Yeah. I've bartered for some garms. Um, and then, yeah, make my way down to the stadium with my luggage. <laughs> I plan to leave the game at halftime, which I've done quite a few times yeah. this tournament. <laughs> Edzie's the halftime hero. Uh, you know what, mate? <laughs> I felt like leaving halftime like, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I really did. But. Yeah, I've got the. I think I've got the midnight flight tonight back to Auckland. Yeah, 
Nineteen hours on a plane, mate. Nineteen long, hours on a plane. Long. Although you're lucky, it's that's a bit more direct than your trip here, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's the positive, mate. That's the positive. Yeah. I'll be yeah. back home, mate, Friday morning. We have have a big sleep. Yeah, and then... eat some proper food. Oh, mate. There's one thing from this trip. I'm never going to eat Duking ever again. Yeah. That has scarred me for life. Scumming in it. Scumming. <laughs> but it happens though, doesn't it? I mean, and I think if you're going to get ill, that was the best place to get ill in Dubai. Oh, yeah. Fuck being sick in the cabins. <laughs> I mean, there'd be more than one flood here, wouldn't there? Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Let's uh, talk about some highlights before we head off. So highlights for the tournament? What have I enjoyed the most? Obviously, it's been great hanging out with you for the last 10 days. Uh, the time's flown by. Um, that's probably number one. Um, I think it just soaking up the cultural aspect of being in Qatar has, has surprised me. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot to see here. Um, so that's probably number two. And then I think the third thing, obviously, the football games have been, have been amazing. Um, so that's it. And then I think the thing which is probably the most underrated thing about this tournament is because it's all in the one city, you can go to different games, you've got fans from all over the world. So I've just spoken to the same different people. So the people side has been amazing. Mm. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. For me, it's, um, you know, because I've been in this bubble in New Zealand for the last couple of years with COVID and yeah. stuff, and I don't get to mix with that many nationalities, mm. you know? So just to see all the different countries and see how many people love football, yeah. you know, I do think sometimes we have sort of a like a british centric view of football you know that the game belongs to us but actually the, the game does belong to the world and a lot of the people even here in Qatar, love football they know the players from our countries you know and the amount of people i've bumped into to ask where you're from say wales they go oh gareth bale or ryan giggs i mean <laughs> should have mentioned his name but yeah, <laughs> yeah giggs is up there as well but um yeah i think that's that's brilliant and um yeah the fact that it's been Mostly accessible to get to games. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we've done it, mate. We've not missed a single thing. You know, we've done everything that we set out to do. If what started as a joke ended up at the World Cup, and I don't think anyone could take that away from us, you know? No, I mean, look, to be fair, there's been a lot of interesting comments about why we came out here, blah, blah, blah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think, look, if you're a Welsh fan, you've got to come out here if you can afford to do it. Um, and then also, I think, look, at the end of the day, we're not politicians. It's not on us to decide who should or shouldn't host the World Cup. Obviously, we'll go into this another time, but you know, we're just here for the football, really. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been unbelievable. So, you know, what can I say? To see England at a World Cup, that's bucket list ticked off. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really been quite an incredible experience. Um, and obviously, the stadiums have all been unreal. Uh, you know, world-class stadiums. Now, the transport's been great in terms of the metro. So, no, it's, you know, what can I say? It's unbelievable. It's, oh. um, I'm almost a little bit sad to be going home, but I think um, the bank account will thank me. <laughs> I have to say, you know, the most part, anyway, the Qatari people have been pretty hospitable. Yeah, they've been good. Um, whatever the media said at the start, you have to be here to actually be, you know, to realise that, you know, it's not the truth. I, I think the biggest problem you've got is that, and it's a typical British thing, not so much the Welsh, more the English, that we go away into Europe, and I've done it with Arsenal, I've gone everywhere. We just want to sit in a square and get pissed for eight hours. And, you know, some people start smashing stuff up if you, you know, follow a certain England team or the England national team because you get those idiots. 
And the problem is we always go away and we always we want everyone to cater to us, do you know what I mean? And it's it's difficult because I think for them, they said, no, you know, you, this is our country, this is our rules and our culture. And I think that is fair enough. Um, I think it was disappointing that the U-turn was so last minute. Um, I think, that, you know, the hour car, I think that's not right. But, you know, regardless of that, we've had a great time. I saw Darren Lewis yesterday, who's a really prominent journalist in England, um, he's um, assistant chief editor of the Daily Mirror Sport. Um, does all the football. He's always on Sky and all of these uh, talk sport, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we were chatting about it for fifteen minutes, and um, you know we both agreed. And he said, "Look, as a journalist, my job is to write, but also to listen." And he said, "All the English fans I've spoken to have had a great time out here. You don't have to have alcohol to enjoy yourself, and also it's brought a new audience into the game because in England there are a lot of people from." different backgrounds, whether that's, um, you know, Islamic backgrounds or Hindu backgrounds, who just don't feel comfortable going to football. You know, they don't feel comfortable going to the pub, whatever, because it's just not an environment they feel comfortable in. Because obviously you've got people who are pissed up and they're scared that they'll say, no, they won't. Most of the time you won't have any trouble, but you will get the odd idiot. And so a lot of those people are scared of coming to football in England. And that's just the truth. Um, and even, you know, young families, I've spoken to young Brits with, with families and said, look, this feels much safer than, you know, pissed up environment blah 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 so i think it has been quite inclusive from from that perspective where you've got people who wouldn't normally be going to football coming to football if that makes sense a yeah. lot of families people from different backgrounds so i think that has been a positive right mate well we better head off um it's been a a, a pleasure mate really ple a real pleasure i have to thank you um for coming out here um get up your time and your money to be here with me and looking after me for the last two weeks that's been good. Just, I couldn't have done it with anyone else, mate. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate you being here. <laughs> at times where you just, I just keep telling you to chill out. He's getting frustrated. Eddie's getting frustrated at times with uh, a few different bits and bobs. But it's like when, when in Rome, you got to do as the Romans doing it. It's um, unfortunately <laughs> these guys. It's uh, it can be a bit of especially. You know what? I think I, I'm going to come home as someone that's got better patience. I think yeah. um, because. <laughs> The customer service has not been brilliant here. No, and but... the, the taxi drivers has been either, especially the captains have been the captains. <laughs> okay, I'm calling you out. Carry him, you're fucking dog shit. <laughs> no way I'm riding with them again. Awful. But Uber, been brilliant. Yeah, Uber's been brilliant. Plug Uber. I wish Uber was cheap back home, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's it, like I think, you know, there is this whole facade, facade about, oh, you know, Doha and Dubai. And ah, it's this, full of shit, mate. Which is, you know, wealth. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of it is quite third world in certain aspects. It can There's be a lot of really poor people out here. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to talk about the the whole thing with the media and stuff. It's like no, no, no. But I'm just talking about the sort of balance between rich and poor out here. Oh yeah, there's only two classes here. Correct. You have a rich and yeah. poor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no middle. No in between. But um, yeah, I just think contrary to what the media have said before the tournament, I just think like you have to come here to actually yeah. experience yeah, it. That's right. And Look. I've got nothing bad to say about Qatar. I think I've got to come away with great experience of being here. Yeah, it's and... been fine. Like, we haven't had any problems. Um, I think <clears throat> I'll say there's three things. For, so this has been a good tournament. It could it could have the potential to be a great tournament, but it hasn't been. But it's been a good tournament. Now, if there's, there's three things which would have made this a great tournament. Number one is the accommodation. They should have just capped everything at a certain price, whereas it's been like the Wild West, if that makes sense. So, so <laughs> you know, I've spoken to people who are paying stupid money, you know, you know, a regular four-star hotel is costing you something like 600, 700 US dollars a night. An apartment is, you know, at least 300 pounds or whatever a night. So I think the accommodation thing has been a joke. I think 
the whole human rights trying to suppress what people are saying, you can't do that in this day and age. They've got a lot of stick for that, and rightly so. And then I think with the alcohol, they could have been a little bit more liberal. Um, I think, you know, you factor that in and it would have been a, a great tournament. But I agree, it's been a good tournament. It's opened our eyes to a part of the world we never would have been to. And, and we're never coming back here again. So, yeah, so, so, um, <laughs> uh, so no, it's, it's, it's been good. I'm glad. I look, I've, I'm glad I came. That's, that's, look, I've, you know, you, I think you'd be a poor, poorer person for not coming out here and at least experiencing it with your own eyes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Right, I think the time's come, mate. We've got to head off soon. Um, I'm going to enjoy somewhat my time I have left here in um, Doha. Hopefully, um, not get nicked on my final day. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly did last night. I nearly did. I have to say this quickly. Um, last night, it kicked off in the Wales end. There's a few English fans there. Somehow got tickets where we were sitting. In, and, uh, yeah, decided to give it the big in. And when it came to it, this baldy shat the bed. Yeah. Didn't want it. He was picking on these kids. And I was like, look, mate, what are you doing? So I said, sit the fuck down. And then he was like, oh, you what? You what? Come up here. Come up here. So I walked up, trying to walk up to him. He didn't want it. All this police come rushing around. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to nick you. <laughs> you know, it would have been great because we were 2 0 down anyway. Yeah. Wouldn't have missed much. But anyway, apart from that little. Uh, little disagreement it's been all right yeah <laughs> you always get one muppet don't you oh big time mate. i was like in my head i was thinking read the roommate yeah like you can enjoy a goal of here but like you need to be quiet this is not your end mm. you should be over there but anyway um final words mate oh mate it's been unbelievable bucket list experience bucket list experience to um to come out here thank you very much for everything you've done it's been a pleasure you know we've done a lot of organizing the tickets and accommodation in qatar we've done well, so, mate. so no it's been it's been unbelievable and um i think in a way it's sort of made me fall a little bit back in love with football again uh i'll be honest with you like much as I love Arsenal you know doing the way trips up and down the country I've sort of fallen a little bit out of love with watching football in general um but I think this has sort of made me fall a bit more back in love with the game again. I've loved watching all of the different teams, all the different nationalities. So as you, it really, it, it, it truly is the world game. And um, I know other sports hate that, but you can't compete with this. This is the world game. You know, I look at, around us, you've got the flags of all the countries here. It's, um, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, so I know it's, it's been an unbelievable experience and, um, you know, the trip of a lifetime, really. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better, mate. Was worth was worth breaking up with my girlfriend over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I nearly got divorced before I got married. So <laughs> I think I'll say I won't say any more on that one. Oh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to coming home. I really am looking forward to coming home. Um, I've, I've missed my family, missed my fiance, and yeah, it's um, nice to sort of fill my football cap because I don't get this too often back home in New Zealand. So. This will last me a long time. I oh, think. you can't, you can't beat it. It's, it's. I think no disrespect to them. There's certain countries just do. Certain countries do football well, and certain countries don't do football well. And you know, South America and Europe do football well, right? Yeah. Whereas Asia Pac and North America, it just, they, it just, it's not in their DNA. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's that's not a respect to them. You know, that's not, you know they 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 have other sports which they do really well. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, you go to America, it's about the basketball, the NFL, the baseball, you know, Australia, New Zealand, it's like rugby and Australian rules football and cricket. Whereas, you you know, it's been good to, you know, this is proper football really, isn't it? Yeah. With the proper fans, it's nice. Yeah, well, um, 
I haven't got anything profound to say, mate. It's just I've, I've enjoyed the time here. I've loved watching Wales again. I've, I've seen my hero. Not at his best, but it's great to see him play. And, um, you know, potentially the last time I've, I'll ever get to see him live in the flesh. So um, I'm talking about Gareth Bell here. <laughs> Not Chris Gunter. Not Chris Gunter. <laughs> Even though, funny enough, he was the only one who came over and got the photos with the fans. Yeah, true. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's, it's been a trip, a trip of a lifetime. 64 years, it was definitely worth the wait. And uh, 20, 26, possibly? Never know. USA? I'm, I'm going. Mexico? I'll, I'll be there, yeah. I'll be Canada? There. Are we doing it? I'll definitely be there. <laughs> you, maybe not so much. You've got to work on that with Larissa. As long as, a, if there's no mini Edwards, you'll be all right. But if you've got mini Edwards, I don't think that's Ah, mate, they've got Disneyland there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drop them off at Florida for a week. So funny. I was talking to this England fan yesterday. He goes everywhere. And he said to his missus, he's like, do you want to come to Barcelona for a week? It's like, yeah, what's the catch? I'm going to disappear for Andorra for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have to play one of those cards. Maybe. Yeah. If anything, mate, I'm going to go back um, to New Zealand and uh, knock on the headquarters of the... Uh, NZF and say, look, we need to put a bid in for 2038. We're going to make it happen. 2038, let's do a joint bid with Australia. Let's get the World Cup there. It's coming home. <laughs> What's the theme song? We come from a land down under. <laughs> we'll be in the caravan parks in Rotorua instead. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> what do they call it? The motels. The motels. Motels, yeah. <laughs> Unless they got rid of the homeless people by then. But <laughs> that's a different story. All right, mate, I'll give you the final words, mate, because uh, you can sum it up better than I can. This is the world game, whether people like it or not. This is why we love football. Uh, brings everyone together, different cultures, different countries, different religions. Takes you to obscure places that you never would have been to. It's about the fellowship. It's about the you know irrational belief and following your team um, when really you don't have a hope in the world, but you do it anyway because... That's why you love it and we love the game and there's uh, no other way of, of, of saying it other than that. And um, yeah, Qatar 2022 is going to go down in the history books, whether that's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. But um, no, this is the world game and, um, and we love it. So long may football continue and FIFA, sort your shit out. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll, me and Ed, you'll have to come in and do it for you. <laughs> wow, that's the end, mate. Thanks for everything. Um, thanks to all the listeners. Um, who've supported us along the way, not just this last 10 days, the last three or four years. I, I can't remember how many times, how many years we've been doing this. But anyway, thanks for everything. We may be a bit quiet over the next couple of months, but there's plenty of content there to listen back to. And um, yeah, thanks for everything, boys. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Have a good one. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Kaki Tadol. <laughs>